everybody, and welcome to the TPM Podcast, Theology of Plain Men. My name is Zach. I am joined today uh, via Zoom with some cheapo microphones by my good friends Matt Almquist and Brad Gustafson. Um, how are you guys doing today? I don't know what you're talking about, this being a cheap microphone. This is the biggest investment we've made to date. I'm doing pretty good, but I think I'm lagging a bit over here. Oh, hello. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, big time. All right, we're going to keep rolling. Um, good thing we're recording these separately and not just pulling the audio for Zoom. But, uh, yeah, we can, we can uh, fix that and post edit. That's all right. Anyways, moving into the TPM news segment of the podcast, uh, we have some social media news. Uh, your boy, small town, Colfax, Wisconsin, Matt Almquist is on the Instagram game. Uh, I'm on the Instagram, as, <laughs> as the kids are calling it these days. Uh, you could go check him out at the real Matt Onquist. Matt, so, I'd welcome you to the club, but uh, you're a step ahead of me. Well uh, done, sir. We, we do have more uh, more social media news. Uh, the TPM podcast has learned that today, Brad Gustafson got a retweet. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so... A couple newsworthy things over here. Uh, kind of a big week in my life, actually. Uh, retweet aside, uh, I'm becoming like a Twitter guy, right? Uh, this is my first week. I'm kind of dabbling in it. That's how cool I am. And uh, through my Twitter connections here, I actually got invited to guest speak on another podcast. So uh, here we go. Which your life. Which, as the legal in? proprietor of the TPM podcast, um, you know... That non-compete you signed is pretty exclusive, so uh, <laughs> we might have to talk about this offline, but um, yeah. yeah. We'll see what they have to offer first. We may be able to negotiate. Yeah, yeah. At least give me a chance to make a competing offer. Uh, I'll double your salary. Um, uh, I got you. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I got you. Two, two times zero is still zero. <laughs> bigger news over here. Something I'm, uh, I want to say I'm proud of, maybe a, eh, a little bit. So over the course of this past week, there were multiple days that there's this sign on a door in our house. And the sign said, out of commission. And it was on our bathroom door. <laughs> we, had, we had a little <laughs> sign on our toilet. It said, do not use. And it was there for a couple days. I think I troubleshot it correctly. In fact, I know I did now. I figured out the piece that wasn't working. Apparently a toilet flapper is a thing, so I went and bought one. I didn't get the right one. My uh, toilet's special. It is not the standard, apparently. The toilet flapper didn't work, didn't fit. Went and got the right piece again. And I got jacked, dude. I finally fixed this thing. I flushed the toilet. I listened to it. Trip, trip, trip. Still busted. <laughs> I was livid. But, I'm so uh, glad you're the only one on on the three of us that didn't study engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one of my roommates was quite proud of me when I figured out where the leak was coming from based on the bubbles coming out. Uh, by regardless. one of by one of your roommates, that means it's either your wife or fellow TPM or Michael Francis. Because I'm pretty sure your dog isn't capable of uh, having those feelings. Yeah, I'll say my uh, my wife was not the roommate I was referring to here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, round two. Today, I fixed the toilet successfully, and I'm jacked. There was a, like a fleeting thought that thought, maybe I'll enjoy handiwork at some point in my life. Now, I don't believe it. It fled very, very quickly, but it was there. I remember it. Well, uh, 
on that note, speaking of crappy transitions, but um, uh, <laughs> Matt Almquist. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got pretty big news over today? here. <laughs> well, well, let me start off with the 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 story that last night my wife and I made the big trip across town to go to Chick Fil A, which, if you remember from, it hasn't really been in the news for a couple of years now, but that at one point was a political statement, wasn't it? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, how everything in our life, <laughs> that was terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, but how everything in our life and our culture over here right now is, uh, is extremely politicized. And, uh, I, I think that's someone that something that everyone listening can understand that if going to a restaurant and simply buying their food is a political statement, uh, we've clearly done something different than all of the generations before us. So, uh, as I was thinking about what are political and what are non-political topics to hit on, <laughs> my list for political was exponentially longer than non-political. And I actually had to look up a list of non-political topics that you can talk about at family holidays just to keep the tempers low. Uh, and, and the list was pretty much only personal hobbies and Tom Hanks. They're the only things in this entire world that aren't contentious, <laughs> apparently. Um, I can right. agree with that. Baller, <laughs> yeah, that's right? actually pretty good. Big Tom Hanks fan. No one's against him. Uh, and in the current climate we're in right now, in the midst of the COVID-19 global pandemic, how the government and governments around the world and businesses and how people are affecting um, change toward how, how the situation is handled and how it's viewed legislation and policy everything it's all political you'd think that this would be one thing that we could really come together and see as a global humanitarian issue but we're as divided as ever about it uh, and somehow it's become a left versus right thing in so many ways which which just blows my mind so i'm wondering do you guys see this in in your lives as well and um do you think it's a it's a good or a bad thing healthy or unhealthy and and how does that affect you so before we dive too deep here i just want to level set uh looked up the definition here politics or politicize uh, and i got two that i'm going to read off just make sure we're all on the same page uh first one here the art of looking for trouble finding it everywhere diagnosing it incorrectly and applying the wrong remedies hmm. definition one definition two derived from the root derived from the root word poly meaning many in ticks, meaning blood-sucking creatures. Politics, <laughs> many blood-sucking creatures. Uh, so politics, there you go. Everybody loves them. Everybody loves to talk about them. And uh, it seems like everybody has a very passionate opinion on most topics these days. I, uh, I just want to make sure again, level set, we're on the same page. I did not answer your question. I'll deflect to Doman while I chew you know, a little I, bit. I'm just happy to hear that you have Urban Dictionary bookmarked on your browser. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that makes me feel about you as a as a Christian over there, Brad. Bookmark uh, Urban Dictionary. That's, uh, we might have to talk about that one later, too, along with your non-disclosure agreement here. Uh, future topic. You're on making the, the hit list here. So anyways, Matt, I am going to answer your question by thoroughly asking another question um, that I actually think... Uh, it's seriously as I thought about this podcast it's where my brain went right away um, I was less interested in how politicizing things affects me 
I could tell you just outright in two words, I don't like it, or that's a f- more than two, whatever. I'm an engineer. I don't like it, right? I don't like that um, everything gets politicized and that I have to... Uh, I feel like on every issue, I have to equate how I feel with it with a political candidate. Like, I'm so pressured to do that all the time, and I don't want to do it, but everything around me is... Okay, well, you have to understand how you how you feel about this issue plays into how you're going to vote. And I don't necessarily want to think that way all the time. Um, but what I did want to kind of toss out there to you guys is kind of more around the idea of, like, why do like why do we have such a tendency as a culture to politicize everything? Right? Like, I feel like there's something there, and, and I certainly have a few things, um, but I want to see how you guys feel about it, like, gut reaction like why do you feel like our culture is so quick to politicize all of these issues <laughs> that's a great question um honestly i wish i wish i had a little sound bite to be able to say this is why i think it happens um pe- people are divisive people like to be against each other at some level um and i think the more that people surround themselves with people who are like-minded they become entrenched in their ideals and they are less likely to ever hear a counter opinion. So uh, I think that's been a process that we've been seeing for several decades now when we look at how politics have developed, at least in the States, probably certainly in the West as a whole. Um, and, and as we've gone through and evolved through different stages of what our culture looks like, uh, that's just become the default statement or the default practices. Um, make it political and and maybe part of it has to do this is just spitballing now but um you know we have 24-hour news we have all constant access to information and so we're always being told about what our politicians are doing and how it affects our lives and that's from almost always the perspective of someone in in a a publishing standpoint so i don't know i think it's because it's how we get our information is in terms of politics that it's often how we think and then apply our information what do you think brad yeah, no, I think my th- I think my thoughts are very similar. Uh, the two things that came to mind first off is people like to have an in-crowd. Uh, as soon as they can find a group of people that they identify with, uh, it's easy just to jump along those party lines, whether it's the left or the right. They feel accepted, they feel welcomed by having, uh, like you said, like-mindedness with that group. Uh, I think additionally, another layer here is whether or not they're intentionally formulated, people's core values run really deep. And when somebody says uh, something that is contrary to my core values, uh, I just find myself getting defensive quickly. Uh, Like anytime that I read a passage in scripture that talks about loving your enemies or really anything about your enemies, I used to like have a really tough time thinking through, okay, who are the enemies in my life? Who doesn't like me? Who doesn't hate me? And I've shifted that perspective a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it's for better or for worse. Maybe I'll shift it again here at some point in the near future. But it's like the ideological other in my life is almost like the enemy in my head. That when I have a core value that somebody takes a stance other than that, I just feel like a barrier put up between them and myself. It's like they believe that that is threatening to something that's core to who I am. They are now the other. And mine sometimes, sometimes doesn't come from a spiritual standpoint of a spiritual core value. 
I'm guessing that's something that happens to a lot of people of, hey, this is dear to me, this is near to me, and they're opposed. And I'm wondering how often that barrier comes up anytime in more of a defensive posture. I, I can sympathize with that. I find myself doing that all the time, even if I'm buying myself and it's it's for no one else's benefit. I'll defend against a counter opinion and I'll often even back myself into a corner that I don't want to be in, um, you know, defending uh, maybe a person or an idea that is I wouldn't say I agree with, but I've somehow just pretty much said the same thing because I want to be against that other thing. Do you know what I mean? I've definitely uh, been there. So yeah. so this is going to be funny for Brad. Um, oh gosh! I, I'm I'm <laughs> I am just uh, I'm like having post traumatic stress disorder right now uh, on a podcast that will never be aired um, from TPM. We we started talking about a topic uh, and I outright disagreed with Brad uh, to my core right out the gate. Um, come come to find out that uh, I was totally wrong. Um, retro retrospectively but i was so mad and so fired up and truthfully i was extremely mad at at one of my best friends at one of my best friends and uh it was it was ugly and it was not good but uh yeah i'm over here still traumatized from that experience but like that was firsthand i experienced it and we even like put it into practice and it made for just nonsense of a discussion that was completely unreasonable because i put up my gate immediately because of how vehemently i thought i disagreed come to find out if i would have been reasonable and talked it out with brad we actually weren't that far off from each other um but the the way i approached it was oh he's attacking me and i'm so right that he is so so wrong um and that's where my brain went so uh yeah i'm over here still traumatized from that experience so while I am smiling over here, let the record show, nine times out of ten, Zach is the one that's right in our arguments, and he's the one that's <laughs> able to empathize with other people, while I use poor, or at least flawed logic. That's usually uh, because most of our arguments are about professional disc golf and American soccer, so. <laughs> <laughs> the most important topics that <laughs> that culture needs to be made aware of. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's for a different podcast, but uh. That's right. No, but to, to keep building on it, I, I think um, as I think about like additional topics, additional things that tend to be the most divisive, um, I can think of uh, one climate change and, and, you know, one, is it real or not? But then how do we handle it? That's that's huge in, in politics right now. Healthcare. How do we everyone agrees that healthcare should be better, that people need it, but we don't know how to get there. And we have massive ideological shifts on it. Uh, abortion, gun laws genetically modified organisms i i mean the list is so easy to come up with on all of these and i don't think there's even any i as i'm thinking through it i can't find any single thing that is a common delineating factor between where you fall on, on an ideological spectrum it's uh it's amazing though because we're, we're so quick to draw party lines and then once you do that if you do that in any way in the public eye You've made a stand for something that can then put you in a contentious spot with with real implications. Right. I'm even going to I'm going to even expand on that and say the way our politics system is kind of set up, uh, you get really pigeonholed really quickly. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there as an example. I'm not making any political statement right now. I just want to make that abundantly clear. But let's say that uh, you are super 
uh, like on climate change, for example, um, the the party that tends to do more about climate change and tends to have more laws, more regulations on it, tends to be the Democrat Party. That it it tends to go that way. It's not exclusive. But the way our culture is right now, if you're like a big proponent of fighting climate climate change, you're outspoken about it. People look at you and equate you to being a Democrat, whether or not you are or not. But it's gotten so politicized that they put you there, which means oftentimes the way you think on a lot of other topics is just assumed already because they assume, oh, they feel this way. They must feel this way on all these other things. So now they're assuming you feel a certain way on abortion and you feel a certain way on health care and you feel a certain way on all these things immigration immigration whatever whatever. it's almost like we're not allowed to have a blend of what we think on all these topics because they've gotten so hammered politically that there's no it's almost like there's no real freedom to think because you have to align one way or the other or else you're a fraud yeah and i'll be honest i sometimes have caught myself copping out of thinking and just choosing to jump on a party line uh, for the sake of like taking the shortcut and not being assumed that I fall. Let's go back a little bit. You mentioned, hey, if you believe A on this topic, people assume that you believe along those party lines for all of the topics. And I don't want that assumption to be true of me across the board. So instead of putting thought into this topic and figure out where I land, I'll just take the easy route. I'll just jump over to the side I've landed on for a few other things so nobody makes a poor assumption about me and I can just carry on with my life. And I don't take time to actually critically think about what are the issues and where do I stand, regardless of whether I should. I think that's a really important point that that you make, Brad. And I think the reason that this matters, well, one, of course it matters how we interact in, in the public eye with culture, all of that. But to then bring into a little bit more the theme of our podcast, we do this not only in culture, not only in politics itself, but we do it in the church. We do it with how we think about theology, with how we talk about uh, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, how we divide churches, how we separate congregations. Um, And I know this gets into even more maybe of a confusing milieu of, uh, of gray without any black and white in it. But the things that we're talking about apply still, where we're so quick to pull to put up our fences and put up um, the dividing wall that where we're unwilling to discuss and think about um, what could really be the same and what could be unifying between us. And in the same way, it's easy just to say, well, I'm a Baptist. Well, I'm a Presbyterian. Well, totally. I'm whatever. So I'm not going to think about this challenge to my faith because I don't have to. My pastor says I'm good. That's it. Yeah, and even even moreover, like uh, our church just went through the process of ratifying our constitution. Our church is just over a year old, so it was about the time to do that. Um, and I I just have a kind of as I went through it, um, I I found that there was things I that I didn't totally agree on, but I ended up being okay with, um, and. I think a lot of people, as they go through things like that or have read through a statement of faith of a church, they're like, it's kind of like you say, like, oh, I know I'm a Reformed Baptist, so whatever this whatever this person says, they're a Reformed Baptist, so I'm going to trust them. Uh, like my, my boy, Jay Pipes, two podcasts in a row I'm going to talk about my boy, Jay Pipes. He's, he's, he's a Reformed guy. Um, we'll be cutting you off after this. 
<laughs> I only get so many. Uh, it's my, you know, my my per diem that I get. Uh, so, you know, it's really tempting to just say, oh, I'm a Reformed Baptist, so whatever John Piper says, yeah, of course I agree with it. When in reality, like that, you're you're totally right, Brad. When we when we over politicize things, it just fosters a culture of lazy thinkers. You're just letting other people do the thinking for you, and you're not actually processing these issues. And you know, politically, it's it's certainly um, dangerous, um, but theologically, I think it can honestly be deadly. Yeah. So let me take. Uh, I was going to say a different angle. It's not be a different angle. Just building off of that, even one more layer. So as I look at areas, I'll say outside of the church that I've become. Well, some of the years I've become maybe mentally lazy on critically thinking. Uh, I look at immigration is something that I spoke before I put thought into. I look at like healthcare for all or reopening the economy or social justice. Like those are four areas that I think uh, at one point or another were hotly debated in our circles, in our culture. And I chose to speak up and take a stance before I stepped back and processed through, okay, what do I actually believe now? And as I take that into the church, I think that's true for several theological things as well. As I look at the inerrancy of scripture or the Trinity, like some of these are very core beliefs to me that I spoke up on before I actually was able to critically think through and articulate why I believe what I believe. And I think that's something that as a Christ follower, whether it's outside of the church or in the church, it's foolish of us to speak before we understand why we believe what we believe on multiple levels. A, because we can be wrong, but B, just because we can't have that, uh, I'll say communication, healthy communication, uh, grounded communication with people that would differ with us in beliefs. And it's what almost everyone does. Most people speak before they really take the time to decide what they believe. It's natural. Um, And I I think that's the reason why uh, we're in the spot with such a politicized culture is because we're unwilling to take um, the middle ground maybe sometimes. And that doesn't mean the middle ground is always right. Of course it's not. But um, as we think about it further, a lot of these topics really do intersect between the life that we live uh, as, as a body of Christ within the church and in culture. You know, of, of course, um, of course they do. Our faith guides us and it is our most uh, condensed, most directed form that, that affects our worldview. There's nothing else that should affect your worldview more than your faith. And, and if there is, then that's a problem. And uh, maybe we should have another podcast about that. But um, so, so your faith is going to affect your stance on politics. Of course it is. But doing the sort of things where you're just putting up walls and you're not willing to look and you're not willing to talk to other people and consider them, um, that's, that's shedding a bad light, not only on the church, but on what Jesus stood for. He challenged uh, concepts and he, he stood up for ideas that were unpopular at the time. And, and he wasn't primarily a social reformer. That's not what I'm trying to get at. But the idea that we can just take things in stride and be lazy with it is the same thing that got the Pharisees in trouble. So you do have to take the time and do the hard work and and live in that well and kind of as you say that um part of me feels like we shouldn't be all that surprised uh kind of like what we we had talked about this a little bit earlier like our news cycle is rapid and instantaneous and it's easy 
Um, so we're, we, we get information in in a way that is unbelievably easy to accomplish. So it makes perfect sense that we would want to process that information uh, with the with the short putt, for for lack of a better expression, right? We want to process that information in a way that is easiest for us, so we can get back to watching Netflix, so that we can get back to watching sports, so that we can get back to doing all these other things. Um, so I prepping guess for dynasty football. Yeah, Sorry, keep going. <laughs> so th- yeah, I guess the more I think about it, the more I think I find that um, you know, I'm not all that surprised. So I'm going to jump back a little ways in our conversation. I don't mean to derail here. Feel free to keep going in this direction uh, if there are other thoughts that you had. But I made a comment about how when somebody says something that's contrary to one of my core values, a barrier jumps up between me and that person. And I see that on social topics as well as within the church. And something that I really want to highlight or emphasize uh, within this podcast is just the idea of unity. Critical thinking we've talked about for a while, and I think critical thinking is a topic that has been and will continue to be very common uh, throughout the Theology of Play Men podcast. Critical thinking is vastly important to almost every topic we cover, uh, but specifically unity within the church. Uh, I, I look at the barriers that come up, those mental barriers in my life, and Matt mentioned how he can empathize to a degree. Uh, for any of you listeners out there, try to become more and more aware when that barrier comes up in your life. Uh, I'm not saying you have to knock it down right away. I'm not saying, hey, don't let them come up at all. Just become more aware of when those happen. Uh, just so you can be cognizant. Hey, this is you, uh, I'd say, being tempted to shun unity, to turn away from being unified as followers of Christ. And there's two things I want to touch on with that. First, I'm just going to jump into scripture here. I look at a passage in First Peter. Uh, Peter starts off just by talking about how we've been born into a living hope. Like, hey, we have been saved by Christ. We have a salvation that will last forever. This is incredible. And then goes on to say, so you're called to be holy. You're called to be set apart. You're called to be different. And one of those things he states in being different because of the living hope that we have is to have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Let me just touch that real quick. Unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, humble mind. Those are not characteristics of my mindset when somebody threatens my core values, when somebody says something contrary to me. So I'd really push you, whether it's politics in the church or outside, be aware of those barriers and remember what we're called to. We're called to unity. We're called to sympathy. Look at that person and try to put yourself in their shoes rather than letting that barrier jump up or push against them. Any thoughts on that, guys? Zach, I think you might be on mute here. I'm not hearing you. Son of a nutcracker, I muted myself. (laughs) So, anyways, I'll go back to talking now that I'm recorded. So... You kind of you kind of made a, a stepping stone between t- the two ideas of critical thinking and unity. I would go so far as to say that unity is a direct byproduct of critical thinking. Because um, I think if if we truly like if if in that moment you take what that person says and you don't just gut react to it, 
Um, you actually take it in, process it, think critically, and and move forward. That's going to foster unity just directly and inherently. Um, and, and again, I, I say this as very much like a gut reaction type person. I'm I'm a feeler type guy. I often I often act on intuition. Um, so that's really hard for me to take in information and not react. Uh, oftentimes, it's a constant struggle for me to take something in. Sometimes I have to verbally process through something with someone, and then I end up there. Uh, but I, I'm not the greatest. Uh, Matt's laughing at me. I'm really not the greatest at, uh, you know, real-time thinking critically. So you, you know I am laughing at you, but speaking as uh, – well, I'll speak for both Brad and myself being the – the more on the thinking side uh, rather than the, the feeling side of the spectrum. Uh, it's it's still really easy to have the gut reaction, have the emotional reaction when it is attacking your core value. Still super hard for anyone to get past that. But with the idea of unity out. Yeah, it's just, for, it's just for me it happens with, you know, any old topic yeah. at the drop of a hat. It doesn't have to be to my core. <laughs> you don't like my so shoes? True. You must hate me. Speaking of that, are you even a hunter? Hunting quarter zip? Uh, I, no, I, I do hunt. I'm not good okay. at it. I don't know if you can call it hunting, but I sit in a deer stand once a year. Uh, fair enough. Well, that's a, that's a political statement right there, Zach. You sure you want to say that on there? Uh, whatever. Nice. Uh, but speaking of unity, it, amidst critical thinking and even in this podcast, uh, we don't all agree. I think it's important to note that not everyone that's a part of uh, Theology of Plain Men agrees uh, on everything, both in terms of politics and in terms of theology. We agree on uh, what we call the dogma, the things that are really important and that uh, we would say are the salvation issues. And let the, Go ahead. I would say let the record show it probably is called the dogma, but I definitely don't call it the dogma. Just throwing that out there. Keep going. <laughs> um, what, yeah. Anyway, it is. I promise. Um, but then there's a lot of uh, higher level stuff that, that when you dig into the weeds of it that we do differ on, whether it's certain views on end times or on, um, uh, you know, we, we have some people who believe in like dispensationalism versus covenant theology and uh, some different levels of degree on where spiritual gifts play into the body of Christ. A lot of different things. And it's important to note that we're still all a tight group of guys who love each other. We're all Christians. We're all brothers in Christ. And we can have that bond because we know that there's a bigger picture out there. There's a reason to stay united, even though there's differences. As my boy, Ravi Zachariah says, unity does not equal uniformity. And it's important to remember that we don't all look the same. We're not all going to believe exactly the same thing. And if that's our goal, um, that's going to be a fool's errand. So let's let's stay on the focused focused on the big things. Focus on what matters. Look at the bigger picture, and I think it'll be easier to uh, move past some of the more menial things when you when you view it in that perspective. Yeah, shout out to Ravi. He has a book drop, and you're in a week or two. Great call out. Big fan. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he I, listens I, to the podcast and appreciates that. <laughs> Zach, uh, not Zach. I mean, Zach too, I'm sure. But Matt, fully agree with everything you said. And again, I'm sure dogma is the right term. Uh, just just not a, a word I use. I have a smaller vocabulary. <laughs> As we look at a lot of the maybe cloudy things we've been discussing, I just want to spend a little time for us maybe, okay, rubber meets the road. Our head is in the clouds, great, but our feet are on the ground. What does this mean? How does this play out for us? And I have a couple things here that I've been chewing on. 
Uh, but before I dig into this, maybe Zach, anything that you wanted to kick in? So I had one uh, small, I say small, um, but, you know, it's actually big. But I have one simple, simple idea for my practical application, and it's not going to be that practical. Uh, Only thing I wrote, when it comes to this idea of politicizing ideas and and theologies, whatever it is, um, I wrote focus on God more, and I underlined more a bunch. Um, And and I think this is a – this is – for me, this is often how I process through politics. When, when I get down in the weeds of politics um, and government and everything, I often find that when it really starts to grind my gears and really starts to get me worked up, it's often when I'm in a place that I'm not focused on God. Because in reality, how I think about God and my relationship with him, all these other things in life truthfully pale in comparison to to my relationship with the Father um, and my intimacy with the Father. Um, so uh, for those of you out there who, who get uh, worn out and tired, um, uh, I urge you to focus on God more in the seasons where these things are heightened. No, I think that's really good. I think it's really good. Uh, Matt, anything you wanted to say or should I just jump in here? Uh, yeah, I, I got a couple things to say. Um, I, I really like what Brad you brought up earlier about um, the idea of of loving people still through through um, disagreement and and being focused on the people behind it, not just the idea. And I think that's a really big topic, a really big thing to emphasize. And that I, I frankly don't do well a lot of the times. It's so easy to just think about their ideas contrary to me, so they're contrary to me. And if we do that, we're just going to keep ostracizing people more and more. So the Bible says, speak the truth in love. And I think it's easy then for us to say, well, I gave them the truth. So that was loving them. But I think it's more than that. It's, it's you know, are, are you praying for them? Are you trying to engage them in a relationship? All, um, are you still trying to maintain any relationship you already had? All these things are important because if you're just trying to prove a point, you're not going to change anyone's mind. That only digs people in further. And then with that, Language matters. How you talk to people about certain things is really important. And I think there are a lot of ways that you can say something where it just makes it worse. Whereas if you try to put it in a different light or just use words where they're more comfortable with, um, if you actually want to be influential, I think you can tear down a lot of those things that make you feel like you're attacking them and uh, and actually get to the more core issues that matter. Yeah. And um. I feel like I'm broken record. I keep nodding along with everything you guys are saying, uh, fully in line with the perspective you guys are taking on this. A, a little while ago, I mentioned a list of items that uh, I spoke about before I took time to actually think through and figure out what I genuinely believe behind it. And for the sake of saving a little time, I'm going to oversimplify these intentionally uh, just to get through here. But immigration. Uh, I had friends that wanted tighter borders and I had friends that wanted looser borders for the sake of allowing more people to move here. Health insurance. I had good friends that uh, just want, uh, I'll say, I'm blanking on the word, I'll say nationalized health care. Uh, they want health care for all. Where others are saying, well, we'll push back, let's keep this in the private sector, and let's have the choice of which health care that we want. Uh, good friends of mine on both sides of this fence. Uh, third one here and last one that I'll touch on reopening the economy. 
people that are passionate about staying home and having legislation in place that requires everybody to stay home unless necessary to go out into the public for whatever it may be. And they want the government to determine what is necessary for people to do. Well, I have other friends that are saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, let's have the government ease up here and stay out of our business. Uh, we can take care of caring for ourselves. And my point isn't to jump on either side of the fence on any of those three topics here. But I had friends, again, on both sides of all three of those topics. And barriers were up between them. There's just a frustration. They didn't like each other's solution. They both thought each other were crazy for a myriad of reasons. And something I really want to push for as we look for unity, especially in the body of Christ, and what, again, whether it's social topics or maybe more church-centered or biblical topics, quit looking at the other person's solution and look closer at their motive. Quit looking at the answer that they come to and digging your heels against it and look at why do they believe what they believe? What do they stand for? And I think it'll be much, much easier for you to sympathize with those people and empathize even with some of the stances that they take. And just real briefly, as I crash through that list again, we look at immigration. I think no matter what side of the fence you're sitting on, we both, we all want to help and support refugees that are in a difficult situation. And we'd all love to have both economic and physical security within our country. No matter which side of the fence you're on, I think you'd love to have a very strong healthcare system and the freedom to choose who your provider is. And I think that we'd all love for those, I'll say, less fortunate or with less fiscal means to still have access to this healthcare. Uh, no matter which side of the fence you're on, like, these are good things that we all want. We just have different ways of coming to the solution. And lastly, just because it's so current, I don't care where you stand as far as social distancing and what role the government plays. We all want to save lives. We all care about the value of a human life. And we all want people to get back to work. We want to get back to life as normal as possible so people are going to have an income again and have a somewhat normal life again. Uh, so no matter what the solution is that people are coming to, just please slow down a little bit. Look at why they believe it. And start to empathize a little bit more. I love it. Thanks for that, Brad. Uh, wow, what a podcast. Uh, this is a longer one. We haven't gone this long in a while. It feels pretty good uh, to be riffing with you guys. But um, thanks again for joining me. Uh, and thank you to the listener for sticking through with this one. Um, I truly hope that our verbal processing was edifying for you. Have a great week.